What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. And I'm going to get right to the point. I've been sitting here for the last hour waiting for Aaron Rodgers to get traded to the Jets because I don't want the news to break while I'm in the middle of recording this, and nothing has happened. We've had Trey Wingo report that he has been traded. We've had Ian Rappaport report that he has not been traded. And so I'm not really sure what is going on in Green Bay and what's going on in New York right now, as New York is also in um, a state of emergency, I'm pretty sure, because of a snowstorm. So the Aaron Rodgers effect is right now across the entire country. And um, I don't really know what to do. So we're just going to record this. And if it breaks in the middle of the show, then so be it. But yeah, we've got a lot to talk about um, in the Commanders world this week because, again, today, I'm recording this on a Monday, it's 3.53 p.m. on Monday, March 13th, and it's the first day of the legal tampering period, and the Commanders have done some pretty um, pretty good stuff, actually, because I did not expect them to sign anybody today, and um, they did. They did. So that is pretty good. But first off, we're going to start with Deron Payne because Deron Payne got paid. Four-year, $90 million extension. He had 11 and a half sacks last year, led the team. And this this extension is huge because now we have Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne locked up for the foreseeable future for the next three, four years. And also the team is really banking on Deron Payne to uh, repeat his 2022 season, which again, he led the team in, with 11 and a half sacks last season. So they're really hoping that he repeats that one of the best pass rushers and one of the best interior defensive linemen that has a great, that is also a great pass rusher along with his run stopping ability. So that's probably going to be Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. That's probably the best defensive tackle duo in the NFL right now. I don't think any other duo at the defensive tackle can pretty much match that. Or maybe even if I'm forgetting one, maybe something comes close, maybe. But in my opinion, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne are the best uh, defensive tackle duo right now in the NFL. Also, some things to note, Daniel Snyder gave a big contract before he sold the team, which makes me believe that um, something, hold on, we got an Ian Rappaport tweet. It's not Aaron Rodgers. All right. So it makes me believe that um, he's going he's gonna to sell the team soon because uh, it, it's, um, it's pretty obvious that he's going to sell the team. There was some report that Jeff Bezos and the NFL have been talking recently about Bezos possibly placing a bid on the commanders. I'm not sure if it was true or not. But I think there was, I saw some report about that on Twitter. So, um, again, I think things are really starting to pick up with, I think it's either going to be Jeff Bezos or it'll be Josh Harris. If Bezos wants to place a bid, um, which Bezos can easily outbid Josh Harris, because Josh Harris right now sitting around, I think, five and a half million, sorry, five and a half billion to six billion, somewhere around there is his bid. So, um, and that's also with other minority owners as well that are or minority boosters that are um, helping him pay for that. So Josh Harris is Josh Harris is definitely um, something. And then, uh, uh, what's his name? Jeff Bezos. Um, if Bezos places a bid, again, like I said, it can easily outbid Harris and Snyder would accept that Bezos' bid. But if Bezos doesn't, doesn't place a bid, then I think Josh Harris, again, Josh Harris, the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, um, will be the owner of the Washington Commanders. So I think those are the, really the two finalists right now for... Um, for the team. Also, again, we go back to the Duran Payne contract. It looks to be very front-loaded. I have the details. It's a, again, four-year, $90 million, $28 million signing bonus, $60 million or $60.02 million in total guarantees in this contract. So that's a lot of money. 
Um, his 2023 cap hit will be 10 million, so that saves nine million dollars in cap space for the Washington Commanders for 2023. And they did use that. I'm going to get to that a little bit later on, but um, yeah, so that saves nine million dollars in cap space. His 2023 salary or his base salary is two and a half million, fully guaranteed. 2024 base salary is 15 million, fully guaranteed. 2025 base salary is the most out of any year in the contract. It's 19.5 million guaranteed. Uh, sorry, no, not guaranteed, not fully guaranteed. 13 million of it is guaranteed, but uh, it's 19.5 is his base salary. And then 2026, it's not guaranteed, and it's 16 million for base salary. So if Deron Payne just falls off a cliff, we can cut him after the 2025 season. But besides that, um, nothing really. Uh, besides that, another Ian Rappaport tweet is not. Aaron Rodgers. So we still wait on that to see if that breaks during the show. But again, Deron Payne, 40 to 90 million. We're spending now 20 million plus on each of the um, two defensive tackles on our team. So that's a lot of money. It makes the Federian Mathis pick look very confusing right now because if we can pay Payne and if we can pay Jonathan Allen, where's Federian Mathis going to play? He's going to play in the rotation, but I doubt he gets a second contract with the commanders because Drafting him in the second round over a guy like Jaquan Brisker, who was still on the board, which Jaquan Brisker was definitely could have been a um, or filled that Buffalo nickel role, possibly that Landon Collins was in um, in the year prior to the season that uh, Ron Rivera really likes in terms of a safety linebacker hybrid. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for Deron Payne. And it also brings up the question we've signed now two of our four first round defensive linemen to um, extensions which makes the two that we haven't signed yet, Montez Sweat and Chase Young. So should the commanders trade Chase Young? Because Montez Sweat due for a extension this offseason. Chase Young due for his fifth-year option this offseason. So what is the plan then with those two guys? If I had to choose, I would choose Montez Sweat over Chase Young. I think Montez Sweat has been a very productive player. It might not look at it in sacks, but in pressures. I feel he's always making an impact in the pass game or in the pass rush. So in my opinion, I think if we have to choose one or the other to keep, I choose Montez Sweat. Now, Chase Young has the higher ceiling. Chase Young was drafted second overall in 2020. Chase Young was considered the best player in the 2020, in the 2020 NFL class or NFL draft class. So again, don't really know what we're going to do with Chase Young. He's been very inconsistent. He had the torn ACL plus a bunch more damage to his knee. So um, I'm not really sure what the plan is there. Uh, is another one, uh, a big splash. The Bears are signing Tremaine Edmonds. Okay. So still, no, nothing really. The Bears, though. Sorry, sorry. I'm kind of off track here, but the Bears have been making some pretty big um, um, moves in free agency so far. But back to Chase Young. Um, he, again, you can pick up his fifth-year option this offseason. It'll be, it'll be really interesting if Washington does it because, in my opinion, I think we trade him now. I think he's worth multiple second-round picks. I think his trade value right now is at the highest that it will be if we have to choose between, between this offseason and next offseason. I think this offseason, his trade value is definitely the highest. And also, the replacements aren't bad. Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams, they actually pretty impressed me in Chase Young's absence, especially with the other three. <clears throat> sorry. Other three guys like Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, and Deron Payne, uh, Casey Tuhill, and James Smith Williams, they don't have to be Chase Young because the other three guys are going to get to the quarterback. The other three guys are going to stop the run. So they don't have to be the Chase Youngs of the world because Casey Tuhill and James Smith Williams, they actually played pretty solid. I think Casey Tuhill, both of them actually 
had a couple sacks each, so they really impressed me last season. All right, now it's time to get to the free agency spendings. The Washington Commanders, as I'm recording this, it is 4 p.m. exactly on March 13th, which is, which is the Monday before this episode comes out. Again, this episode comes out on the Tuesday. I'm recording this the day prior. And so far, the Washington Commanders have signed offensive lineman or offensive tackle Andrew Wiley, the ex-Kansas City guy, coming over to Washington. He's definitely probably the bigger signing of the two so far. As the second guy is Nick Gates, the former New York Giant who um, ironically had almost a career-ending injury on FedEx Field a few seasons ago. So now Gaze is joining us on a three-year, $18 million deal, $8 million in guaranteed money. And Andrew Wiley, who's coming over from Kansas City, from the Super Bowl-winning Kansas City Chiefs, coming over most likely because of Eric Bieniemy. He's coming on a three-year, $24 million contract. Again, um, it, it took a little bit. I saw guys like Ben Powers get off the board, and he went to the Broncos. Uh, some other guys that were possible in the offensive line that possibly Washington was targeting in Mike McGlinchey, he also went to the Broncos. So at first, I was a little bit nervous for Ron Rivera and what was uh, happening in Washington, but then um, but then uh, we got some pretty big guys in Andrew Wiley and Nick Gates. Nick Gates will probably be Again, Nick Gates can play center. He can play guard. A very versatile guy. Both of these guys, actually, very versatile uh, across the offensive line. Andrew Wiley can play both inside and outside, which will be really interesting to see what happens because same with Sam Cosme, too. We hope that Sam Cosme could one day be our right tackle, the former second-round pick. And um, so far, he hasn't really played great at right tackle, but uh, maybe moving Andrew Wiley to right tackle and moving Sam Cosme inside, which is a very big possibility this offseason, for Washington um, could be an option, but uh, that'll be that'll be interesting to watch. And then Nick Gates will probably play somewhere on the left side. Again, we lost guys like Andrew Norwell. So no, Andrew Norwell still on the team. Sorry, Andrew Norwell still on the team, but Trey Turner, his contract expired. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Will it be? I think definitely a possibility it could be Charles Leno at left tackle, um, Andrew Norwell at left guard, centers Nick Gates because I don't know what's happening with Chase Roulier. Maybe Chase Roulier gets cut. We'll have to wait and see. Same with Tyler Larson. Larson is not going to be on a um, the Lar sorry Larson is right now a free agent. He's not on the team right now, so we'll have to wait and see. The Commanders went six one and one with Tyler Larson at center when Chase Roulier went down with his season-ending injury for the second straight year. So we'll have to see what happens with Roulier. He's kind of a cap casualty right now, or can turn out be uh, turn out to be a cap casualty if we do release him. Tyler Larson, I actually really like that center, but it looks like we're not going to be bringing back Tyler Larson, or if it's going to be either Larson or Roulier, I think we'd probably keep Roulier. But yeah, Andrew Wiley, a great addition on the outside. The former Chiefs right tackle kind of struggled there during that Super Bowl run. He got kind of forced to move to right tackle due to injuries on that Chiefs offensive line, but played right guard a lot, and he played very well, actually, at right guard for the Chiefs. And um, we'll have to wait and see what happens uh, with Sam Cosme. What will Washington want to do with Sam Cosme? It'll be interesting to see, especially during um, training camp and during OTAs, who lines up where on that offensive line will be um, something to look out for and something to watch this summer. So those are the two signings for Washington so far. Um, it looks like most of the other guys that Washington targeted I was just talking about Tremaine Edmonds, who got signed by the Bears. It's a four-year, $72 million deal that includes $50 million in guaranteed money. It is the largest four-year contract for an inside linebacker in the NFL. So 
I don't think Washington was going to be paying that. Mike McGlinchey got a massive contract. I think it was like five-year, $87 million for the Denver Broncos. And same with Ben Powers, even though I think Powers was like an average annual value of $13 million or something like that, somewhere around there. So that was possibly an option for Washington in terms of um, moving or uh, putting Ben Powers in at left guard or right guard. But that didn't end up happening as he's now a Denver Bronco. We got Andrew Wiley, which I really like. We got uh, Nick Gates, which I really like. And so um, right now, I think we are uh, pretty good um, with the signings. Hopefully, we bring in another guy and possibly another guy. Not a free agent right now, but a guy that was reported to be by Adam Schefter on the trade block or requesting a trade from the Los Angeles Chargers. That is Austin Eckler. And there have been multiple beat reporters, or not really beat reporters, but kind of Washington insiders, um, like Ken Johansson, I think, reported this. And same with, um, what's his name? I forgot his name. I think it was like Josh Taylor. Uh, both of them reported that Wash- the commanders could be interesting in trading, or could be interested in trading for Austin Eckler. Again, Austin Eckler, I believe he's 28 right now, or 29. He's getting on the older side. He is pretty, he's not as fast as he was uh three years ago but again still putting up like 1500 plus total yards he had 18 total touchdowns last season and the washington commanders had 24 total touchdowns last season so he can definitely be a weapon on offense now why would washington trade for austin eckler i don't really know i think a running back room right now is pretty much set we've got brian robinson as rb1 antonio gibson as rb2 and then like jared patterson or uh, jd mckissick if jd mckissick doesn't retire at RB3. So I think we're pretty much set at running back. I don't really know why we need Austin Eckler. Eckler is a free agent next offseason. So this would be his final year of his deal as um, contract negotiations have kind of stalled between Eckler and the Chargers. So that's why Eckler is demanding a trade or asking for a trade from the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, Again, um, there's some people saying that Washington could be interested in B. John Robinson in the draft as well. B. John Robinson considered the best running running back prospect since Saquon Barkley, uh, who went number two overall to the Giants in 2018, I want to say, or 2017, I think 2018. So, um, again, still so much, uh, so many questions. Antonio Gibson is also a free agent next offseason. So, Gibson, we're not gonna we're not going to re-sign him. I doubt we re-sign him because again, running backs rarely ever get re-signed to a second contract. But um, but yeah, running backs rarely ever get signed to a second contract, and you've got to be pretty good to get signed to a second contract. So, um, Gibson, I I think he's I think this is last year in Washington. Brian Robinson will be the running back for the foreseeable future, and if J.D. McKissick can come back healthy then I think that um, Washington should be fine without Antonio Gibson, without having to spend a, a premium draft pick on a running back or a um, a lot of money on a running back in free agency. Even though there are some pretty good running backs in free agency this offseason, I don't think we'll need to sign one. So uh, that's pretty much it for Washington's free agency moves and Austin Eckler. All right, and the last thing here, the weekly mock draft, we're going to start off in round one. And this is the first weekly mock draft where I actually made a trade because the Was- I have the Washington Commanders in this scenario mock draft moving up from the 16th overall pick to the 11th overall pick, kind of the opposite of what they did last year with the 11th overall pick. They moved back to number 16. 
But in return, um, the Tennessee Titans, who have the 11th overall pick and are trading back with us, are going to be getting our third round pick, which is number 97, is the compensatory pick, and then a 2024 third round pick as well. So that's what it's going to take for Washington to move up to number 11. And with an 11th overall pick, they're going to choose the cornerback out of Illinois, Devin Witherspoon. Um, I think Witherspoon is pretty solid in the corner. I think he definitely has the ceiling of being a true cornerback one. And with Kendall Fuller being a free agent after this offseason, and possibly he's getting on the older side as well. So we might not bring him back. So um, having Devin Witherspoon on one side with Benjamin St. Juice on the other side, eventually maybe into the 2024 season, would be pretty interesting to watch. And with the number two overall pick, I know we just signed Nick Gates. I know we just signed Andrew Wiley. But I have the commander's – sorry, not number two overall. That's the number two overall. I said I meant the round two pick, number 47 overall. I have the commanders choosing Luke Weipler, the Ohio State center. I think Weipler is one of the best centers in this draft class. He's definitely worth a second-round pick. And even though he might not be the best with guys like John Michael Schmitz ahead of him, um, still a very solid signing or a really, really solid draft um, selection from the Washington Commanders. And so, yeah, that's the number two, that's the sorry, round two pick. And then with the round three pick, again, we use that in trading up for Devin Witherspoon. So we don't have a round three pick in this scenario. With So with the round four pick, number 118 overall, I have the commander selecting Davis Allen, the tight end out of Clemson. This guy has really risen or rose in my um, draft boards recently, and the th things that people are saying about him, I think he could be a pretty solid sleeper in terms of the um, in terms of what uh, Washington could do. As Washington has actually just announced that they have extended Deron Payne officially, so that is good because he is officially now signed his extension. So that is good. So with the round four pick, we select Davis Allen as a tight end. With the round five pick at number 151, I selected Chandler Zavala, the guard out of NC State. Now, again, I did this mock draft before free agency started. I probably should have done it after, but I still would take Luke Weipler in round two at center because I don't think um, Nick Gates, I think Nick Gates would probably be better at guard, and we probably need some center depth anyways. But with the round five pick and selecting Chandler Zavala, we got Chris Paul, a six-round pick from last year. I, yeah, I think six-round pick from last year. He could maybe, he looked good against Dallas in the Week 18 game, but we could always use depth in the offensive line, especially in the interior offensive line. Chandler Zavala would do that, and so that's why I'd select him in round five. Now moving on to round six with one of two six-round picks. Again, we have two because the second one is a compensatory pick for losing Tim Settle last year. So with the first six-round pick, I have the commander selecting Malik Cunningham, the quarterback out of Louisville. Now, we need some quarterback depth either way. Um, it has not been announced yet. Maybe it will be by the time this episode comes out. But it's not not been announced yet that Washington has re-signed Taylor Heineke or has brought in any veteran quarterbacks. Maybe that will happen eventually. But um, Washington has not brought in any veteran quarterbacks. So, again, we need some quarterback depth as well. And so Malik Cunningham would be the pick in round six with the first six-round pick. And with the second six-round pick, I would choose Keaton Mitchell, the halfback or the running back out of East Carolina. I think Keaton Mitchell could be a pretty pretty good steal in round six, maybe worth an earlier six-round pick than what I got him for. But um, pretty solid player out of Eastern Carolina. And so with the seventh-round pick, I selected, the brand, uh, I selected Brandon Hill, the safety out of Pittsburgh. And so, um, I don't know, maybe he can play like a, 
hybrid safety linebacker spot. I don't really know that much about him, but hopefully he can come in and be a good another good depth piece because really this entire draft was just a bunch of depth. We maybe have a starter in Devin Witherspoon, Luke Weipler, Davis Allen maybe could be a starter if we cut Logan Thomas. Doesn't really look like it's happening, but maybe could be a starter. But I don't see Chandler Zavala, Malik Cunningham, Keaton Mitchell, and Brandon Hill uh, getting that much playing time as a starter. Probably all of them just being depth pieces for when a, with, when the starter gets hurt later on in the year. But yeah, Devin Witherspoon would start. Luke Weipler would start, and that's pretty much it in this draft. But yeah, just a bunch of depth pieces, something that's pretty realistic for Ron Rivera to draft this upcoming offseason. So it'll be interesting to see how aggressive Ron Rivera is this offseason as a lot of other, um, he's pretty much on the hot seat. He's probably on the hottest seat out of any head coach right now in the NFL. So he gets off to a bad start in the 2023 season, and he's gone. If a new owner comes in, the new owner could technically kick him out of the building if he comes in in the middle of the offseason. So he's on the biggest hot seat right now. Definitely needs to be more aggressive than he has been in the past. So that's pretty much um, that's pretty much it. But yeah, no Aaron Rodgers news during this episode. I thought it would happen. It sounded like it was going to happen any second. You had guys like Sauce Gardner. You had guys like... Um, Brees Hall tweeting stuff. So uh didn't happen during this recording. But yeah, that'll be it for this week's episode of Keeping Up with the Commanders. See you guys in the next one. Peace. <laughs>